1: Yes, it is, and welcome back Wednesday, December 15th, 2021. 6025080960 is the number. But to the liberals and the left, the most important story is COVID. To conservatives and the right, the most important story right now is rising crime, rising violent crime. You tune into CNN, they do COVID. You turn into Fox News, they do violent crime. These are not the same kinds of stories any more than getting cancer and a rash of automobile recklessness and car accidents can be same as the same kinds of stories. The first type of story is mostly what we used to call valeity, the second volition. Good word, that, valeity. Do you know it? It's pretty much the antonym to volition. It's an occurrence based on inaction or a wish. In Latin, its root would be volo or vele, to wish or to will. Nobody, of course, wishes for COVID any more than anyone wishes for more crime. But one is a mostly passive attraction and one is an active intention based on a mens rea, a guilty mind wedded to an actus reus, a guilty action. Try it this way. You can hire enough police and arrest crime. You can't hire enough doctors and arrest the coronavirus. You can be minding your business as an innocent person interacting with another innocent person and you can obtain COVID. Two innocent people together is a society of justice with an absence of any kind of criminal activity. Now, of course, you can do things to reduce the chances of getting COVID, and if you get it, reduce the chances it will harm you. Now, crime has been with us forever, and COVID is novel, or was novel up until recently. It's been with us now for about two years, and of course we will we lament and hopefully cry when someone succumbs to COVID. Do we cry and lament the same way when someone is physically harmed or killed due to a volitional act of violence? We lament that we are now at about 800,000 deaths with or from COVID. How many no-violent crime arrests number about 500,000 every year, including 20,000 homicides a year? 30 times more homicides a year than all children who have succumbed to COVID in a combination of two years. Now, of course, society or this society or we used to tell ourselves this society organizes itself around protecting children. Now, quick stop. How many of you have heard over the past week or even month or several months about what needs to be done for children or to children in regard to COVID? And now ask yourselves how much you've read or heard in comparison outside of Fox News more than a week ago and beyond about. Crime. Violent crime. All of this violent crime that is spiking is not resultant from a vacuum or a lab leak, except for the toxic leak of really bad ideas coming out of sociology departments in our ivory towers, now infecting too much thinking in our mayors, prosecutors, and legislators. Defund the police, reimagining policing, or to quote the lauded and heroic Colin Kaepernick and the socks he likes to don that say cops are pigs. A note. Anyone who calls for defunding the police will usually have strange views about this country. The whole country, too. As per Colin Kaepernick, when he said, I'm not going to stand and show pride for the American flag. Notice anti-cops are usually anti-American, too. Then, of course, there are the policies. Reducing felonies to misdemeanors. Reducing misdemeanor punishments to not only no jail or fine, but no arrests if the stolen property is under a certain amount of money. Reducing bail, eliminating bail. These all have the effect of their obvious intention, not kindness to the lawbreaker per se, but worse, worse, unkindness to the community. In Waukesha, a crime that just seems to have come and gone, like Kaiser Sose, disappearing in a poof, six people would be alive having gone to a Christmas parade Were the maniacal and truly racist driver, not out and free on bail. Free and out on bail for having committed violent crimes. The feedback loop to these things is not frustrating, it's maddening. For we have reprioritized our values and we have deracinated natural and normal orders. We think nothing of harming or using our children to play out our political wars, just as those same people from that same ideology inside of the aisle think a lot about how to be on the right side of opposing the police but when you harm a child you harm a child a terrible thing when you oppose the police or policing generally you harm a community or a lot of communities dr Benham put it this way there are just too many signs of decivilization that is civilization gone rotten and the worst of it has to do with our children apart from the numbers and the specific facts There is the ongoing chronic crime against children, the crime of making them old before their time. We live in a culture that at times seems almost dedicated to the corruption of the young, to assuring the loss of their innocence before their time. This may sound overly pessimistic or even alarmist, but it is the way. And my worry is that people are not unsettled enough. I don't think we're angry enough. We know who proposed these things. We know who marched for these things. We know who held cities hostage with criminal rioting and rampaging for those things, and we saluted them, or too many did. So now we have become inured to the cultural rot that is settling in. We are getting used to it, even though it's not a good thing to get used to. People are experiencing atrocity overload, losing their capacity for shock, disgust, and outrage. In some of our major cities, the solution is, with a dearth of police, to close businesses early and in some cases just close businesses. To get in a car, you take someone with you. Rather than express outrage or even annoyance at the possibility of theft or violence, we're trying to communicate with criminals in a wave of a white flag, telling them, you have proven we have to, we the innocent, have to change our behavior. We can't operate here. The translation is, please break into someone else's business. Go to someone else to attack. These are flags of urban surrender. They are capitulations. And what you capitulate to, you will get more of. I see the mayor of San Francisco is now fed up and has had a turn of mind. But all this was preventable, with a good dose of history and a small dose of common sense, divorced from the calls of the mob. In the midst of the rioting that took place in America last year, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti said he'd cut the police department budget. And not one day later, the same San Francisco mayor, London Breed, said she would do it in San Francisco as well. And her idea was to cut the police and sheriff budgets by $120 million. Just at the level of police salaries, that would mean over 1,000 less police in San Francisco. This in a city of just over 2,000 police officers. Homicides are thus up 15% in San Francisco. Theft is up almost 20%. You know what? Like so much else, we're getting used to it. And like so much else, it was preventable. As usual, Alexander Solzhenitsyn got it just about right. He said, in the United States, the difficulties are not a minotaur or a dragon. They're not imprisonment or hard labor, death, government harassment, and censorship, but rather cupidity, boredom, sloppiness, indifference. Not the acts of a mighty, all-pervading, repressive government, but the failure of a listless public to make use of the freedom that is its birthright. Close quote. He wrote that a long time ago. But aside from censorship, he's right. Now it's... Cupidity, boredom, sloppiness, indifference, a listless public, and a censorship meant to keep the public both listless and uninformed. And it's all born by the same ideology underneath it all that Alexander Solzhenitsyn was imprisoned by and ultimately fled. The big question is, where would he go today? I'm Seth Leibson, 602 We'll be right back. I'm known as the vice president of all things important here at Salem. Chris, uh, welcome. Thank you for being with us. Anything new in your life you want to report to the audience?
2: Oh, new? Yeah. No? Well, we got some exciting stuff coming up next week.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, let's mention it. You want to mention
2: it? Yeah, sure. We're going to be over at the America Fest. Yeah. Charlie Kirk putting on America Fest this coming weekend if mm-hmm. people want to check it out. And Seth and even myself are going to be there on Monday.
1: Yeah, we bring in the bringing in the big guy too, Jimmy.
2: Yeah, I think uh, General Manager Jim Ryan will be there. Fantastic. And, you know, as I've been told, they're going to have a great radio row. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it was super secret, but they've now released publicly uh, the lineup of what they've got going on. And there are some huge heavy hitters on the day that we will be there, plus over the weekend. But I don't know the access, but people could probably see you from a very short distance
3: and maybe wave.
2: Okay, and maybe they can. And we'll do our
1: best to get around and press the flesh, as Lyndon Johnson, (laughs) Seth, Seth, (laughs) Chris, Chris. People can get tickets at tpusa.com because it's hosted by Turning Point, our our um, colleague Charlie Kirk. And yeah, it's going to be a heck of a heck of a grouping uh, there. Everyone from Ted Cruz and Candace Owens to. My God, Tucker. Tucker's going to Tucker's be, be there. Dennis is going to be there. Charlie, obviously. Sebastian. Sebastian will be there uh, yeah. Monday as well. It's it's really the cream of the crop, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll be there and uh, we'll uh, we'll give you our report Monday if you aren't able to make it to the event. We'll tell you about it Monday and see if we can talk to some of these folks as well. Um, thanks for doing this today, Chris. Bill will be back tomorrow. So when you call, say hi to Chris. Um. I have to. Um, I have to tell you, having quoted Solzhenitsyn, Alexander Solzhenitsyn, in um, in the closing of my monologue just a few moments ago, I was thought about. I was thinking about how is it that we have become so used to things and that we just kind of go along with them. Uh, the absurd and inversion of commonsensical criminal law situation that we're dealing with or absence of criminal law or absence of criminal prosecution and policing and taking law breaking seriously or covid. Uh, Chris, do me a favor. Um, Do me a favor and play Joe Biden from yesterday. The uh, the last thing I sent you, this is Joe Biden, president of the United States, not six months ago, not on the campaign trail. This is Joe Biden yesterday.
0: And so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? And so how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else?
1: There you go. What about that? that is a lie.
0: What's the big Make deal? Make sure
1: you're vaccinated so you don't spread the disease to anybody or everybody else. I don't remember how we put it. Anybody or everybody. We could play it again. But the point is, I'm not sure he could recite how he said I don't know it. well we can you want to do it again do it again let's it's worth doing here's again. here's the jumble
0: okay and so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a to have a shot or have a test well guess what and so how about patriotism how about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease
1: to anybody else that's a false about that that is a falsity and it is a dangerous one because people believe it I can't tell you how many people I know think that that's true and it ain't and there is study after I don't know if there's a study that actually substantiates this point. I'll just give you the BBC headline that I pulled up right away. Um, do, COVID double vaccinated still spread virus at home. Lancet infectious diseases shows a study that the vaccinated spread it. Regardless of whether they're at home or in other settings, it is a it, it is a falsehood. Now, it's it's amusing to me. That so many people's indictment against Donald Trump is that he said wrong things about COVID. Why? Why does Anthony Fauci get a pass for saying wrong things about COVID? The, the, the expert, the self-anointed and appointed expert on it. But Donald Trump does it. Well, Joe Biden is telling from the White House the world that if you get vaccinated, you can't spread. You won't spread COVID to anybody else if the rules against donald trump were applied to joe biden he'd be booted off twitter and facebook for spreading covid misinformation that is covid misinformation with severe public health consequences what kind of severe public health consequences people who are vaccinated not knowing they have the virus not thinking they can get the virus and thinking they wouldn't spread it if they could or even if they were asymptomatic it is a danger to public health for him to say such a thing, and it's wrong. What is the tie to Alexander Solzhenitsyn? Alexander Solzhenitsyn in 1974 wrote uh, an essay that we call Live Not by Lies because he was worried about, uh, the, as he called it, the daily participation in deceit. The daily participation in deceit that suffuses our fealty or loyalty to the regime under which we are governed. And he wrote, And therein we find, neglected by us, the simplest, the most accessible key to our liberation, a personal non-participation in lies. Even if all is covered by lies, even if all is under their rule, let us resist in the smallest way. Let their rule hold, not through me, I don't care whether it's civil disobedience. I don't care whether it's taking elements of this show or Dennis Prager's show and playing it to other people. I don't care if it's whether you're passing on articles or showing people substantiated serious scientific articles that countermand and counter and, and, and counterpoise exactly what Joe Biden was saying and other people who spread this misinformation. But that's how we come to where we are. Too many people are are willing to live by lies. Now it's not always deliberate. Let me make this point. Not everyone who thinks that say for example being soft on crime and defunding the police will lead to less crime or if you're vaccinated you can't spread the virus or get the virus. Not everyone who holds those views wrongfully, wrong views. Not everyone who holds them holds them thinking that they're not the truth. They too many of them think it is the truth because Joe Biden said it. And they think it's the truth because conservatives say, no, it's not the truth. And they're very self-satisfied thinking they know things that they don't actually no. how do you talk to someone like that how do you talk to someone when you're out of the cave and they're in the cave and what you see is reality and what they're looking at are shadows against the wall thinking it's reality you have two totally different realities how do you communicate with someone how do you egress or take them out of the world of lies in which they live these things are pretty easy to substantiate as well and i'll tell you one thing that they won't do the one thing that they won't do and it wouldn't matter that much if they did because it's ignored how many of you can tell me of one single correction the New York Times made though they make them they're just ignored they're not paid attention to they're in the small print in the small in the small in in the uh, in the small print in the latter pages How do you communicate someone whose reality is so different than yours and they suffer from maybe something we call here And elsewhere, invincible ignorance. No amount of fact or data will convince them. They'll either shift the topic, call you a name, or just walk away like jesting pilot. Well, Solzhenitsyn says, you've done your best, but let their rule hold just not through you. Just not through me. You don't have to, at least and at a minimum... Enslave yourself to a regime of untruths, a regime of lies. Yesterday, Adam Schiff released a tweet sent from a congressman to Mark Meadows. It was altered. It was altered by Adam Schiff or his staff. It was not accurate. It was futzed around with. Just as Adam Schiff read that fake transcript between Donald Trump and the president of the Ukraine. And it's been admitted to as being a lie, Federalist papers picked, excuse me, the Federalist website published, found and published the story. And since a Democratic staffer has commented and admitted, yes, we doctored the text you're in the middle of a prosecution of people on the january 6th hearings and you have the head of the house intelligence committee doctoring texts to make their case stronger you know what the conclusion should be that their case in reality and truth is too weak otherwise why doctor why edit why change why make it look worse than it is they can live by lies our duty is not to 34 past the hour brings us our culture and economy update with the great John Dombrowski. He is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. The Word on Wealth is his radio show, heard here every Saturday morning on 960 AM. The Word on Wealth. John Dombrowski and Grand Canyon Planning Associates are securing Arizona's future One family at a time john how are you today
4: good i don't think i'll ever be out of work with that yeah <laughs> i gave
1: you a lot <laughs> i gave you a lot one, of work
4: one family at a time it's gonna take a while we better get busy
1: yeah well that's what you do though you give the individual yeah. uh, personal touch over at grand canyon planning i have ha- well, heard know. back from so many people who have gone to you on our uh and others recommendations and uh they just love you you're a lovable guy john Oh,
4: thank you very much. you a good to,
1: company. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, what the Fed did today, projecting three rate rises next year. Give me the overview of what's going on.
4: Well, it's kind of interesting, right? Uh, over the past couple of days, we saw the markets be it was a bit skittish. We did see uh, quite a bit of a pullback yeah. in all of the major indexes and part of that reason was is because this is a big deal what's happening right now with the federal reserve and the potential of uh... what the next moves will be for the fed we've been in such a low interest rate environment for such a long period of time and there has been such a free flow of cash meaning that the liquidity in the markets has been extremely uh... liquid which gives companies the opportunity to be able to use cash to grow their businesses And so the fear has been, well, the Fed at some point is going to begin raising rates, and when they do, it's going to certainly create uh, maybe some uh, areas of concern for companies that are in growth mode, making it a little harder for them to access uh, money to do so. So what we're seeing here, though, the Fed did not raise rates. Uh, and They came out and said, we're not going to raise this year. There will be three rate hikes estimated for next year, two for 2023 and two for 2024. Now, that's a three-year time horizon that we're talking about. That's still a long period of time. A lot of things can happen between now and then, Seth. But it seems like as soon as we got that news, uh, the market completely made a a 180, and the NASDAQ rallied up over 2% today, regaining a lot of the uh, losses that it had over the last two days. So it was a positive outcome, and investors liked what they heard.
1: It It's a positive outcome, and I can see it, obviously, in the markets and how you're describing it. question arises, in an age of a moment, let me put it that way, in a moment of uh, rising inflation, mm-hmm. do we sometimes take our memories back to the early 80s and think about people like Paul Volcker and ask what he, isn't, isn't this kind of the opposite of what he did with inflation, or are those different kinds of times and different kinds of federal funds rates?
4: Well, I think there's definitely a difference here today. Okay. Interest rates are at all-time lows, and okay. that was totally a different scenario than okay. we had back then. Okay. Uh, however, I also went back and I checked because probably in our generation, Seth, you and I and those near our age, you know, us young guys, yeah. uh, we remember the Jimmy Carter years. Yeah. And we realize how bad inflation was yep. and the challenges we had with the cost of fuel and with the lines and with the odd and even
1: you yeah. Know, license plate. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, that's what I right? was thinking about. Yeah. Uh, and we
4: think about how bad it was then. But for the stock market, for the four years, I mean, it did have a, a major fall during his presidency. But by the time he, uh, Ronald Reagan came in, the markets had fully recovered. And for the four years, I think it was around one5 to mm. 2% of an increase mm. in the market over those, that period of time, which is not very good, yeah. but it was not a, a major you know, uh, loss for the stock market for that term uh, when we were in those high inflationary years. So I think there are two different areas that we have to look at. Inflation is affecting everyday Americans in what we have to pay to buy our goods and services. But from an investment standpoint, I don't want people to be in such fear that they begin to pull back on their investment strategies. Make sure you're working closely with your investment advisor to not lose faith in your investment strategy. And if you don't have an investment strategy or are not comfortable with your advisor or don't have one right. well then
1: call me. Yeah, that's that's I was just gonna say that's what God made you. You betcha.
4: Yeah, and, and we'll we'll work work up a plan and we'll we'll put something in place that we can feel confident and comfortable no matter what's happening out there. We're gonna be monitoring it and getting you to that position in life that when you stop getting that paycheck you'll be able to begin living off of your own assets, and that's the goal, so we don't run out of money before you run out of time, as I say.
1: Nicely put, John Dombrowski. Thank you, sir.
4: You bet. Securities and advisory services are for the Client One Securities LLC, a member of FinRentipican and Investment Advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Thank
1: you so much, Seth. I appreciate everything you do. Bless you, and I, you. I'm Seth Leibson. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. As we do every Wednesday, we check in with our Robert Jackson Fellow in Constant institutional studies that would be brett johnson brett w johnson is a partner at snell and wilmer law firm here in the valley and of course other major cities swlaw.com is their website brett how are you sir
2: Good, good, Seth. Thank you again for having me.
1: You bet. Doing a little better since the football victory Saturday night.
2: Oh, absolutely. And it's uh, you know my army friends are stopped calling me, but uh, you know we got the navy flag out 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 in full force. It was great.
1: I looked this up. I don't know if you knew this. You 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 were proud, um, a proud a uh, proud um, member of the uh, member of the navy. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but the Navy has had a total of 61 wins. The Army has had a total of 52 with seven tie games. Out of 120 games, Navy is looking a little better than Army.
2: Yes, yes, it is. Uh, And even if the numbers were reversed, we'd still be looking better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny. I have to tell you, the value of of your contribution to this show, it's holiday season party, and I was at a holiday party last night. And uh, there was a couple, There was an attorney there, and he was talking about a situation. I guess there's something flying around in the news I was unaware of, but a situation of um, non-lawyers owning law firms now. And he yeah. was talking about it, and I knew all about it because of you guys talking about it and pushing that issue so uh, so successfully. So don't 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 uh, don't don't think that your education here goes unused. <laughs>
2: I appreciate that. Anything I can do for you at a cocktail yeah, party. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I mean, I have nothing else to talk about. So, you know, you know me. Brett, uh, in the news a lot is a phrase now, um, contempt of Congress. It's being, um, it's being uh, inspired by the issue having to do with Mark Meadows, former, former chief of staff, to Donald Trump, former congressman himself. Contempt of court sounds related to it. Tell us what we're talking about here. What is contempt of court, contempt of Congress? What are these things?
2: yes now very different things yep. so the so way of background, there's basically uh three types of uh, of contempt okay, and most is fall two of them fall under one category, which is the judiciary contempt, which we all see on television on a regular basis. there's civil contempt, which is you don't do something that a judge orders you to do, and basically they are going to coerce you to do it. And that's maybe turning over records, stop, um, you know, trespassing on your um, neighbor's lawn, whatever it is, and you spend a little bit of time in jail as basically coercion for you to stop doing what you're doing until you perform what the judge wants. Criminal contempt is a little bit different. That's basically um, where the judicial proceedings are being violated, and you know, wrong con. Conduct, uh, the fight in the courtroom, sometimes you see that happens. And the judge then uh, applies a criminal contempt status. It could be for not following court orders if it's that egregious, but it's really meant to be punitive. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're committing a crime, and you committed a crime in the courtroom, and you're being held into contempt. And that's the judiciary's inherent role, you know, the Article Three uh, judges. Contempt of Congress, you know, Congress is basically you're the judiciary, you're um, Article 3, we're, we're the legislature, we're, we're Article 1, and basically we should have the equal ability to hold somebody into contempt when they uh, violate our procedures too, and that's what we really came up with. And that's both inherent um, authority, basically we're the legislature, you're not following our rules, he was also codified um, for a criminal contempt, which is then referred over to the Department of Justice. But Congress could do something else. They can do what's called civil contempt, where they, the Congress actually goes to court mm. to try to get an order from a judge. And okay. then if, if the person violates that, they're violating the congressional contempt order, as well as the judicial um, order. So, so that, that takes kind it of out content. of the
1: DOJ. For, that that kind of bypasses That's the right. DOJ. Got gotcha. you. Okay. And you
2: usually see that when there's a difference in, in powers, right. right, where the Republican has the presidency and the Democrats have Congress. They know that the Department of Justice might not be prosecuting that the way they want, so they run into court themselves to get their orders enforced. Very, very rare. All of this is actually very rare, rare because, quite honestly, it's a high High burden to approve these cases in court
1: now, Brett, in the case of congressional contempt, uh, we hear about it here and there. It seems like and maybe it 's a part of the partisanship or uh, problem that many have lamented for the past twenty thirty years. It seems like there 's been a more uh, a higher volume of claims or or threats or procedures engaging in, in contempt of congress we didn 't see much of it prior to the 70s i don 't think. And, you know, some of it just kind of happens and disappears. Um, Republicans like to point out, well, OK, if you want to hold Meadows in contempt, he can join Eric Holder. He was the attorney general of, of Barack Obama's. He was held in contempt, just was never right. prosecuted by the DOJ. Right? Well,
2: and there's there's a difference in contempt, too, Is is that sometimes it's contempt of Congress. Because – and that's I'm almost like a censure-type uh-huh, argument. Uh-huh. We're really not going to follow through with it. Uh-huh. We just want to put it on the record you're in contempt. Yeah. Eric Holder is the perfect example of that. Uh, okay. this, this one in Mark Meadows, it's more of um, we, hope we held you in contempt, and we're going to try to enforce it to force you to take action. Okay. So, so a, little, a little bit different, but you're absolutely right. Now, taking off my lawyer hat, putting on my political hat, as, as I as sometimes do, I actually think this has to do with term limits you didn't see this historically because you you were usually in office with people for for many years you developed that personal relationship and you kind of were able to work things out at a, at a local level you know all the various compromises through our history with term limits at, and and at at that being kind of you know the norm of people trying to hold people to a term limit that that has kind of ingrained more of an aggressive stance on this and that hey I might only be here for a little while you see the turnover even now versus for example that it's kind of pushing this issue in my opinion
1: uh, the the other the other thing I wanted to ask you, Brett. I, I I love talking to you because I get to ask you questions I should have asked in law school, and I forgot about. There's an element of contempt. Maybe it's the civil. Maybe it's the criminal. What's the one they say you hold the keys to your own cell? Would that be the criminal contempt? All you have to do is comply with an order, and you're fine, and you get you get you get taken out of prison. Is that is that, that more of the that, criminal contempt?
2: That that is well, it, it's more of a civil contempt. Uh, more civil. Trying okay. Trying coerce you, but. But it obviously has a little bit on contempt of Congress, because contempt of Congress is supposed to coerce you and punish you, where civil contempt is, and that's more judicial, is just forcing you to do something so it compelling it has, you to
1: produce a document compelling or you to produce
2: yeah. um, i want you to answer these questions like for lawyers for example when lawyers a judge makes a determination that the privilege has been broken yeah. and a judge orders you to answer questions and you say hey i took it i took an ethical oath that i'm i'm not going to release my client's uh, privileges and then the judge sends the lawyer to jail until the lawyer's willing to answer the questions
1: and can that be done with someone who's been given immunity as well and has no reliance then on something like uh, uh, you know the Fifth Amendment could it be done in that situation as well
2: it, it, it no no, so if you have been given immunity you um and uh, and there's not another privilege that's impactful yeah. so if, if you're arguing for Fifth Amendment and yeah. you've been given immunity, do you have to um answer the questions yeah. Um, and then if you don't, then you're, you're held in contempt yeah, of court. Yeah, perfect. Because there's no, there's no downside for you not to answer the question. The judge has already made a determination that your privilege no, is no longer applicable.
1: And the point of the fifth being that you could be punished for you know, admitting something against your own interest, and that's taken off the that's table, exactly so you right. have no reason not to talk. Brett that's Johnson, exactly. this was fantastic. Covered a lot Perfect. of ground. And Navy won. It's a good day. It's a good and week. And Navy won. <laughs> and yeah. Navy won. Go Navy. <laughs> Beat Army. Brett Johnson of Snell & Wilmer. Thank you, sir. Until next week. Absolutely. Thank you, Seth. Bless you. Little Trinity Lopez for you there. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Greg is in Sun City. Thank you for your patience, Greg. Much appreciated. How are you, sir? I'm doing very
3: well, thanks. Good to talk to you again, Seth. You hey, real quick. Just got a... Uh, can you send a reporter to either the NBA, the NFL, or maybe even just a Charles Barkley's office? <laughs> then, hey, you, I know where you're you going. Know? Go ahead. Go ahead. Why yeah. said you? Can't you got the vaccine? You don't. It doesn't spread. It. Yeah. Why are we? Why, why are we benching NBA players? Why is NFL players? What? Half the teams are missing half their players all over the. What happened? Why didn't didn't they get the memo? Who lost it? So. Again, where's our dead press? I mean, um, nobody's answering or asking any of these questions. If they're going to believe it, fine. That's great. Then let's believe it. Get the teams on the field.
1: Let's let's that's be uh, yeah. Job. Let me let me fill this out with you. N- nice point, Greg. Uh, stay with me. So, all the players have to be vaccinated to to, to 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 participate. And if you put NFL COVID in your search term, you get headlines like. Washington football team's COVID-19 list grows to 18 players. And then you get uh, stories along the lines of NFL COVID-19 tracker, and then it lists the names. 36 players now on uh, placed on reserve due to COVID-19 positive tests. On and on it goes. You're, you're right, Greg. I mean, there's two things. Two wheels are spinning at the same time. The wheel that is factual actual and the truth which is those who are vaccinated can get and transmit covid that's spinning at the same time spinning is the wheel of the biden administration which is saying that other wheel doesn't exist and it's 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 turning into what would happen with two wheels going in the opposite directions on any vehicle a crash it's a crash
3: And I can't wait for the crash. And I would call it a common sense crash. So where's our vaccine for anti-common sense? Because it's so dead so far. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I called you a long time ago with just simply when they first started touting this crap about get the vaccine so you don't affect everybody else. It's like the magical magical Johnny Quest little uh, beam that's put around your body because you've got the vaccine so the spores no longer attach to your body and they will no longer transmit to another body so you just it, it's just magical it's that just, that must oh, be it. how
1: joe biden thinks of it uh the way i do it here my biden-esque view of uh science and climate um because we have a lot of equipment you know as a radio broadcaster we just have a ton of equipment we have to keep things cool around here so i'm often cold I, you know, I, I tell my producer to put on a sweater to keep me warm. That's how I deal with it. <laughs> no,
3: I know, I've used that too. Yeah. I, after you said it, I stole that from me. Yeah, that is a very uh, nice. Thing. You I stole like it that. from me. All right. <laughs> I, did. I told that to three people, but yes, and I did steal it. From That's so, yeah.
1: okay. Uh, yeah, anything it. said here is not only allowed to, but encouraged to be repeated, replicated, however you want. You can That's quote me or I denounce it. me, whatever serves the purpose, Greg. <laughs> Thank you for your call, sir. Have a great day. You do the same. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Three-star
0: general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.